Well, well, well. Look who found their way back into Tony G Studios. Yes, sir. As Will McCormick, I'm Tony G. This is season seven of the Tony G Show, Will. What do you think of that? Time's flying, man. Isn't it nuts? Mm-hmm. And excuse me, I want to get this right off the bat here. My voice may not sound as 100% healthy as it usually does. Sounds terrible. It does compared to what I'm used to. You know, used to I'm my, kidding. My gracious and deep tones that I provide on the Tony G Show. Can't provide them today. Here's what happened. It's not that I'm sick or anything like that. Will and I are in Tony G Studios together. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm sick or anything stupid like that. It's just that, you see, this is a Tuesday. What is it? September 7th. Two days ago, Sunday. Mm-hmm. I was at the Brewer game. Oh, I don't know if you know anything about that yeah. Brewer game on Sunday. Walk off Grand Slam, Daniel Vogelbach, Tony G was screaming pretty heavily. Pretty good game. So my voice isn't 100% because some of it's still left over at American Family Field in Milwaukee, Wisconsin <laughs> from that walk off Grand Slam. So that's why I'm not going to sound 100% with the bellowing and, and gracious tones that I provide. Mm-hmm. Whatever, though, because this is still season seven, like I said, of the Tony G Show. Will, this is episode number 113. We're planning on 25 episodes, regular season episodes, this season, season seven. So that'll bring us to a total mm-hmm. of about 137. Something that Will and I are also doing. You know, we want to get some of this stuff. Uh, we we want to catch up and all this stuff. But let's preview the season for what we're going to do in the Tony G Show. Will and I are also planning on expanding the Tony G Show interviews, which is something we've done in the past. Tim Bald, Cam Fuller, and uh, some athletes as well, Michael Panton. We are looking to expand upon that. We are going to try and do 8 to 10 this season. So that's about mm-hmm. season's going to run through maybe early December, late November, may, probably early December. So that leads it to about two a month if we squeak two in December. So we are planning 8 to 10 Tony G Show interviews. Interviews of SNC athletes, coaches, or any other faculty members that we can hang on to and throw on an episode. Um, but that is just part of it too if we get someone from outside the st norbert mm-hmm. college world then we're definitely going to add on there as well but that's what we're planning eight to ten tony g show we're also planning for promotions for sponsors and stuff like that we're still in talks and discussions with certain local companies um, so if you're interested in that reach out to the tony g show at willis5312 on twitter at tony g nation on twitter uh, there's other ways you can reach to us too but uh, we are available for sponsors, that's something we haven't done before. Mm-mm, no. But I do like the trajectory of the Tony G Show. Every season, yeah. we just get better and continue to branch out. And on that note, Will, mm-hmm. this is something we talked pre-show about. We are continuing to grow the Tony G Show. The things that are going to be different about this season, of course, is the new podcast cover art oh, yeah. that we threw together. That was, I mean, I, I love this. We didn't just throw it together. I don't mean to put it like that, but it's something it that we worked minutes. on and we put together and we have a new podcast cover and it's very fancy. You it know, is. Better than, it's more high quality than what we've had in the past. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to release that as well in this episode. Also, what we're going to do, you remember how we do this introduction music? This is something that I get feedback on a lot is we're not going to have one introduction song anymore. It's not going to be the same monotonistic song for every episode. We're going to change it up. We got yeah, a few different ones. Plus a different outro, we also went out and got a voice guy. We got a voice guy. We got a voice guy. We got an introduction <laughs> guy. So you, you'll be able to hear him debut on the Tony G Show. He's on all of our intros and our outro. Even our, you know how we do our special theme music on the mm-hmm. Halloween, on our Halloween episode? You know, he's even got a little tone for that as well. We got so a special one for Halloween? We do got a special one for Halloween. Oh, boy. I know. 
So we got a couple different. I mean, it's just a whole different feel mm-hmm. and atmosphere that we're going to provide on the Tony G Show. It's still going to be the same segment layout, a big segment, mm-hmm. and the two smaller segments. This season, we'll also have Tony G Picks of the Week, which is why we wanted to start the show this week. Because week one in the NFL season is starting on Thursday, this Thursday, September 9th. So we're going to get our first batch of Tony G Picks of the Week out in time for NFL uh, season week number one. So... I think that's the first time we've ever been able to work that out, too, because we've always had a delay mm-hmm. to starting the show. We always start at, like, week three, four, whatever yeah. it may be. So this might be the first time that we've started at week one. Right. Look forward to that on Thursday. We're finally catching our stride. Other than that, this is the Tony G Show, baby. We are back for a seventh season. Will McCormick, how are you? How was your summer? It's good, man. Yeah. Good. It's good to be back, though. I'm ready to get things rolling. I as am as well. Uh, another thing before we get going, my summer was busy, packed tight, as was yours. Mm-hmm. But the reason I bring that up is because I've had a few people ask me about Summer Ball. Remember how I was advertising the subset podcast of the Tony G Show Summer mm-hmm. Ball? I, think I, I never got to that. No. I never did. I had a full-time job, a part-time job, and an internship this summer. Slacking. I didn't have time to record. I would have loved to do that. But I, in looking at my schedule in early June, I was like... I'm not. I can't. I'm having trouble stringing together two hours in a day to have free time. So I, I just wasn't able to work that out. Um, a cool thing that did come up though, that part-time job that I mentioned, I was the public address announcer for the Green Bay Booyah this summer. They asked me to do 36 games. I did 37. Ooh, <laughs> I mean, there you go. I'm not bragging. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. But uh, yeah, that, I mean, just a busy summer. Wasn't able to fit in uh, summer ball, the subset podcast, the Tony G Show. Maybe we'll try to do winter ball. In between season, in between season seven and eight, I'm gonna hold you to that. Yes, <clears throat> someone has to because I'm obviously not going to. <laughs> all right, well, that is all the introduction stuff. Well, I mean, are mm-hmm. we ready to get going? Oh, I'm ready. This is one of our introduction songs. We're gonna shuffle a few of them uh, past each other throughout the course of the season. So, I mean, strap in. Not just is this the new introduction. Not just is this episode number one. But McCormick puts on the seatbelt. Listen. This is a whole new season. I look forward to it. Well, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Season 7 of the Tony G Show. Thank you for being with us. You're listening to the Tony G Show, now in its seventh season. Subscribe to the show now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show on Twitter at Willis5312 and at TonyGNation. Also on Instagram at TonyGordana. Now, along with Will McCormick, here's the host, Tony G. New introduction song. What do you think? I love it. Great job. That's my friend Troy Frisk. Uh, He works with the Bayport Athletics Program, Bayport High School in uh, Howard, Wisconsin. He is the public address announcer for a few of their sports, mainly football. That he does, he does a great job there as well. And uh, he he killed it. He he did kill it. Me and him met each other over the just this past summer, and grew a professional relationship with each other. And I asked him, I was like, "Are you open to doing voice work for the Tony G Show?" He said, "Of course. Just send me a script, and and we'll <laughs> you know we'll mingle on on this whole introduction for the Tony G Show." So that's Troy Frisk. You'll hear him throughout the season. You know, Tony, you didn't mention to anybody that we hit the links this morning. Oh, that's correct. Will and I in preparations for. This initial episode to season seven of the Tony G Show, Will and I had a golf game mm-hmm. early this morning. A whole two holes. A whole two raining. holes. It did. And I drove Will to the golf course, drove him back, 
and when I dropped you off, Will, mm-hmm. was when it rained the hardest. Oh, it was it was hailing. Like the minute you started running back yeah. to your place mm-hmm. from my car, is when it started to hail. Yeah, like it was the hardest when you left. It was my like car. I don't know if you saw me, but I was like Tyree Kill for like I, that ten yards. I did yard stay stretch. to watch. I it was laughed. Fast. I chuckled. You laughed. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. No, no, yeah, we got in uh, two holes of golf mm-hmm. before we had to wrap. My up. first two holes of golf ever in my life. That's correct. Will McCormick not. Much of a golfer. No. If you would have watched the way I golfed, you would have thought the same thing. <laughs> uh, it was fun, though. I, I enjoyed it. I have a good t- We. I look forward to doing that again Yeah. Uh, sometime soon. I'll have to do a golfing podcast. Yes. <laughs> Just expanding the Tony G show <laughs> on the fly here. Uh, well, Will, are you ready to get into it? I think so. Here is going to be our episode. This first segment we're going to do is a special one to the fan of... To the, to the heart of Wisconsin fans. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that, a little bit of a Milwaukee sports thing, in our first big segment. Then our second segment, we're going to talk about Major League Baseball to this point. And our third segment, we're going to do a little bit of an SNC sports recap up to this point and preview the future of uh, SNC athletics. Also try to mingle that in with the uh, uh, Tony G Show interviews of SNC athletes, coaches, and stuff like that as well. The reason we're not covering football here is because Thursday is pretty much going to be an all-football show. We're going to preview the season, Tony mm-hmm. G picks of the week. So we're going to save the National Football League and maybe even a little college football for Thursday's show. Just kind of do everything else here, especially mm-hmm. especially start the show off, start the season off with this segment. How special has 2021, 2021, the year of 2021, been to Milwaukee sports? The Milwaukee Bucks won their first NBA championship in 50 years. Yes, sir. Speaking of that 50-year number, the Milwaukee Brewers are in their 51st year as a franchise. You see, I got the magnet right there on the, mm-hmm. here in Tony G Studios. The 50-year anniversary that was last year, the 2020 season for the Milwaukee Brewers. They kind of pushed those celebrations to this year because of COVID. But the point is, the last 50 years has changed the landscape of sports in Wisconsin. Maybe not all for the better, some for the worse, but... Overall, for the better. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is that there's been lots of struggle in Milwaukee. In Wisconsin sports, you know, the Packers weren't, I hear that all the time from old heads who say the Packers weren't good in the 80s or whatever before the lifetime of Will and I. But focusing on Milwaukee sports, you know, just a few years ago, I remember, you know, I've always followed Bucks basketball, not to the extent I followed Brewers ba- baseball, but Bucks basketball, I've always, you know, followed that pretty closely. And not too long ago were they what nine game winners in a season i mean 12 game winners Mm -hmm. in they weren't a good franchise no in basketball the milwaukee brewers just a few years ago a team that would end the season 30 games under 500 this is a team that used to be managed by a guy named ken maka i mean (laughs) okay i'm not making fun of the name but if you just think for a second of who he was and his managerial style I think that guy, Ken Maka, I think now that I'm pulling that from my mind, I think that Ken Maka used to manage, I think it was the Cleveland Spiders in 1900. That might be it. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Eyebrows raised over here. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I think Ken Maka managed the dinosaurs back when they played baseball, if you catch my drift. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I okay. get you. 
No. Thought you were talking about dinosaurs as I was a team. I was like, wow, I do not know my baseball no, history. <laughs> not a team name. Ken Maka was that old. Yeah. The yeah. point is, he was outdated. That guy never went meshed with Milwaukee. I don't think the fans of the Brewers mm-hmm. really caught on to him. Um, and so he since got fired. Ron Renicky came in, sort of th- changed things around, never really got him to where they are now. Craig Council's the one that did that. Yeah. And I guess I'd just echo your point. Like, I think the success in being someone like living around you know, Milwaukee in a relatively close, close area. It's, it's made me a fan of like, I wasn't a basketball fan prior to, you know, five years ago. I'd never even watched a game of basketball. Sure. Didn't even like, didn't care. And the recent success of the Bucks and, and, and the Brewers have really changed that around for, for myself. And I've been watching the game more than I ever have before. In a different way. Too. In a different this way. Like, is... like actually watching, not exactly. just having it on. And I think I like the contrast between you and me because I am that guy who's going to spend my free time watching sports, Wisconsin sports. I'm that guy that blocks out the schedule for a mm-hmm. Milwaukee Brewers game or something like that. And you are more of the casual fan. But here's why that mesh is good is because it it soothes that point of this is what Milwaukee sports has done. It's tied everybody together in the state mm-hmm. of Wisconsin and really made this a community. Totally. It has. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you see the Pfizer Forum? Deer, the Deer District? The Deer District during... The NBA final season. Special. It, unbelievable. They yeah. were packing, what they say, at one point, 60,000 plus? 40,000 was the number? I think it was six, It was either 60 or 40. It was a lot of people. Unbelievable. Way, Tied a lot of people in. That's like half the capacity of Lambo in that one little yes. block right there. Now, again, echoing the point of, you know, hopefully, and this is something that the Milwaukee Brewers can put together, is a championship winning season. They're mm-hmm. on the right track. They're winning a lot of games, winning a lot of baseball games, having a lot of magic, taking my voice and leaving it at the stadium after <laughs> I go to a game. But hopefully this is something that Milwaukee Brewers can do too, is string together a championship season. Yeah. Because you see what the Bucks did. The point I'm making here is that they've always had these type of good players in the mix. They've always had players who are headline type of player, household names. Brewers have as well. But they never strung together a championship season, at least no. for the last 50 years, until this season. And it really came at a time when Wisconsin needed each other. They needed to rely. The, the sports community members needed to rely on each other. It came at a time after COVID. It came at, after a time of losing sports in Milwaukee. 50 years. Yeah. 50 years of struggle and not winning championships for the Bucks. 50 years now 51 in the history of the Milwaukee Brewers, they've never won a championship. They've right. never won a World Series. And, I mean, you could even argue just to have a good team is, is a good change from mediocre play. Exactly. Compared to the last, like, whatever, you know, 15 years of Brewers play has been spotty at best. Yes. And that's the perfect way to put it is that the Milwaukee Brewers have always been that inconsistent team. They've always been that bottom-of-the-barrel team, at least for the last two, two and a half decades. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a a point in time where they hadn't made a playoff in over 20 years, you know, since the mid eighties, the early eighties until the 2008 season, when they strung together that wild card run with CC Sabathia wrote him into the playoffs past the Mets and Marlins and teams like that. And then they did it again in 2011. Then they did it again, 2018. And that's when they really started to string together some winning baseball. But the last 50 years has not been good to Milwaukee no, in basketball or baseball. The last 50 years have really weighed heavily on Milwaukee. It's separated a lot of the casual fans from the sports. Oh, totally. From not just the sports of basketball, or from just, sports in general. Mm-hmm. It's really segregated that bond. Especially in an age of, of 
large market teams mostly dominating That's all leagues. That's another great point. It's another great point. So it, it's interesting to see that. It's cool that people support the underdog and they want to see the underdog win still. The point is, the improvement we've seen over the last, what would you say, four years? Even from five, our freshman year, even. five years? The season of 2017, they came, I think it was one win shy, one game shy of making the playoffs. That's Next right. year falls around 2018. They finally make it, mm-hmm. and they go all the way to the NLCS, losing the Dodgers game seven, came one win away from the World Series. Give it another year, 2019, they make it, losing that wild card matchup in Washington, heartbreaking fashion. 2020, they make it, but that's kind of the COVID-shortened year. They get mm-hmm. steamrolled by the Dodgers. Right. Now here you come into this season, they're one of the best teams in baseball. They have the third best record in the National League behind the Giants and Dodgers, both teams of which they've taken three of four in certain series against throughout the course of this season. So they have what it takes yeah. to beat these high-caliber, big-market teams. Them. But tying it back with that big mark, look at last year for the Milwaukee Bucks, the 2019 season, mm-hmm. or 2019 into 2020, you know, going to the COVID, what do they call that? The, the dome? The bubble. The bubble or mm-hmm. whatever. Right. And they tie, they all take three months off of the season, come back to basketball. And who's, who's in the championship? The Los Angeles Lakers beat yep. the Miami Heat. After the Miami Heat beat the Milwaukee Bucks at some point throughout that playoff run, it always so makes it was you, big market teams. Yeah, it makes you wonder. Like the Bucks were on such a roll that year. It's just you know, we'll never know what that year would have played out like. No, you never will. We, we never will. You probably, although looking at it, probably would have ran into a big market team. What happened to Brewers in 2018? That magical run, a right. run away from the World Series. Yeah, ran into big market Los Angeles before mm-hmm. probably getting steamrolled in the World Series against big market Boston. And relatively healthy big market teams. We can't ignore the fact that there were some big injuries this year, although that does not take away from the fact that the Bucks still won an NBA championship. Absolutely. Giannis was injured himself. Yeah. I mean, he still played. He, right. he stuck through it, but he was still injured. I right. mean, he wasn't 100%. So, I, you know, if that were ever to come up in an argument, I don't think that would be a valid point. But still, the oh, big yeah. market, on this big market topic, for the Milwaukee market to contend with these teams really shows to not just the players and the coaches and the organizations, but it shows to the fans because the the players do really, in sports, the players really do rely on fans for the momentum, for the energy, for their salaries. Yeah. If you have a bad fan base, it's, I mean, who wants to play for that team? Exactly. And that's the point is that it's start, Milwaukee's starting to change the scope here of that this is a destination mm-hmm. for athletes, for big name athletes to want to come and play. You know, maybe it, whether it's free agency or in trades or whatever the case may be, athletes are starting to pick up on Wisconsin and Milwaukee in particular. You remember a guy like Brooke Lopez coming to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, speaking of trades, you look at an Eric Bledsoe being traded here after not being happy in Phoenix, being traded here, almost coming close to that championship. Uh, you look at a Drew Holiday who came here as well. That was a, a trade as well. So it's it's starting to become a hub on the basketball front yeah. as well as the baseball front. You, you Christian Yelich just signed for, what, eight, nine extra years right. to play in Milwaukee? Well, and you see you know, players like Bobby Portis get totally embraced by a city and just how exactly. much it can, it can change somebody like that. And it's awesome to know that a small market team may be disadvantaged by by salary yep. in terms of money by money yeah. by money draw whatever it may be but we also are advantaged in that we're a small team and we have that intimate connection with the fans see and that's another thing i love that you bring up that example because the bobby portis example is 
Where else are you going to see the fans embrace someone like Bobby Portis? Right. I mean, I'm not trying to take away from Bobby Portis, but he's no LeBron James. He's not another Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's not, you know, another Prince Fielder or something that you see in public and you go, oh my gosh, that's Bobby Portis. You Mm -hmm. know, it's, it's just kind of Bobby Portis. He's like a role player, and yet he is embraced as a skillful artisan in this craft of yeah. basketball. And that, He's embraced like one of them. And that's and I think that's the beauty in, in, in not buying a team but building a team is that the fans can appreciate the role players. Yes. Bobby Portis was key to winning that championship. No, Without it, him, they I who knows where they'd be, but they wouldn't have won. And I want to add on to this because I think it's the market that dictates, that dictates that, the fact that you're going to latch on to a role player. In a big market team, you're not going to appreciate a role player. No. You're going to say, why Why did we not go get the highest, most expensive option right. at that role? You're if you're like, like the oh, Lakers, you go pick up AD to support your other all-star. Exactly. And then you go get Westbrook in the next season. Yeah, like, or if you're Brooklyn, you go get Kyrie and you get KD and you right. pair him with James Harden. And it's like, what, like what if Bobby, is this team? If Bobby Portis is coming off the Lakers bench, I'm sorry, but the fans aren't going to really... like. They just don't have that connection. Yes. And, but they realize, in a small market team, they realize that even the bench players yep. have that have such a significant role in winning. Yeah. And I understand that like I'm there's obviously like Lakers fans who have been lifelong Laker fans and they understand the importance of having a good six man, a yep. good bench. But to the to the fan that becomes a Lakers fan because LeBron went there, because Westbrook went there, because AD went there, they don't care about that. And that's no. something that Milwaukee fans, they are dedicated to their team. Yeah, absolutely. They are dedicated. And I think athletes are starting to see that really. Oh, that's, Again, and that's what just I'm getting to. Kind to. of reiterate that point that yeah. that's why they're coming here. But to branch that argument off to this direction now, the fact that this talent, these role players, whether it's a role player or one of your starters or whatever, Milwaukee is doing it so that they are homegrown. And not to say that these big markets aren't. They're certainly – look at the team like the Dodgers who we've talked about numerous times on the show. The fact that you know they have guys like Dustin May or uh, you know Clayton Kershaw, these homegrown mm-hmm. guys that have stayed with the franchise and really grown into – amazing athletes at this level but they've also bought a lot of talent mm-hmm. at a level that small markets like a milwaukee right. or small markets like a utah couldn't necessarily purchase mm-hmm. milwaukee look at the bucks Giannis Antetokounmpo, homegrown drafted him yeah i mean even a guy like dante divincenzo i get it he was injured he didn't play in the post he wasn't part of that finals team on the floor doesn't matter you're still part of the team he's still homegrown i mean like the bucks have done their homework to a point that a big market team doesn't necessarily have to and they've shown that it's a winning formula to win a championship yeah it it can be done it's an exciting time to be i think to be an nba fan in general because i'm i at least find myself to become very bored by watching the same three players draw superstars of their team win a couple championships they kind of dismember for a while they somehow find back together with more superstars. <laughs> yeah. It's just it gets so boring. It's this like endless cycle that you know is coming. So when you think of players coming to Milwaukee now, they're not just coming to Milwaukee. They're staying in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Giannis Antetokounmpo signs a super max extension to stay in Milwaukee. Drew Holiday resigns. Drew Holiday resigns. Uh, I. Bobby Portis resigned. Bobby Portis resigned. Uh, on the baseball side of things, Christian Yelich, like I mentioned, stays mm-hmm. here for another eight years, nine years, whatever mm-hmm. that contract was. Unbelievable that he's opted for that much money in right. this amount of time staying in Milwaukee. It's a hub now. 
for players to come and try to win a championship. This mm-hmm. is finally grown into a competitive atmosphere in Milwaukee where the fans are behind them, where the ownership is behind them, actively trying to go out, get free agents, make trades at the deadline, and improve the team. Even before the deadline, David Stearns, I want to talk about this in another show when we have more time to really focus and elaborate on David Stearns, the job he's done in Milwaukee for the Brewers. Because he goes out, he trades for Willie Adamas, who is hitting around the low 200 level in Tampa Bay. Shortstop, young shortstop, hasn't necessarily found his way. He goes and sniffs him out, trades for him, gets him in the Milwaukee Brewers organization. Now the Brewers are talking about him and building up this storyline, pushing the narrative that he's an MVP candidate. I don't buy into the fact that he's going to be an MVP. I think there's a lot more valuable years being had around the National League, one being Fernando Tatis or Juan Soto or something like that. The fact that he's even in the discussion. Exactly. The fact that he's even in the discussion after starting the year below average for the for the race. He sniffs him out, goes and finds him. Another example, Rowdy Telez. He goes out, sniffs this guy out from Toronto. He's doing he's in the same boat, hitting like 215, 220, gets brought to Milwaukee, and you know, he's still hitting around that 240 level that he mm-hmm. is, you know, to this day. But he's had very key moments. He's played he's been like that Bobby Portis. Mm-hmm. He 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 is I just realized that live here on the Tony G Show that Rowdy Telez is the Bobby Portis of the Milwaukee Brewers. He is. <laughs> you go to the game, yeah. and every time Rowdy Telez, Rowdy Telez, a guy who's hitting 240, mm-hmm. not necessarily lights out, if you know what I mean, has right. had some big moments, played a key role at that first base spot. He gets brought here, and everybody is chanting Rowdy every time the guy even gets close to the batter's box. <laughs> Rowdy Telez is now the Bobby Portis of the Milwaukee Brewers. Just another one of those role players that yeah. people fall in love with. That's why you love that's why I love small market teams. It's it's really special to watch a to watch players connect with the fans and to have that personal connect, connection with a player is something that's I'll never forget. Sure. You know, no matter if I end up being in Wisconsin for the rest yep. of my life or whatever. It's it, it it humanizes them. It's part of yeah. Because I feel like you as a as a fan, sometimes it's easy to forget or to remember, excuse me, that they're people too, and that and we treat them. Sometimes you you see on the news all the time people get kicked out, get banned from the arenas because they do just horrible things towards athletes and treat them yeah. like they're, you know, something just to watch. And well, they're people, and I think that's something that Milwaukee and that Wisconsin in general. It's like it's truly special because I feel like even though I've never met Giannis, I feel like. I just I feel like I know him. Well, he's part of the community. That's what it is. They're community yeah. members now, and they embrace that too. Right, just like the community embraces. I that. feel like I know. It, it's just, it's amazing. It's really yeah. cool. It's it, a really cool thing yeah. to be part of, especially at this time. And not to say that I'd be starstruck if I ever came across him in public, but just to feel wouldn't. that like he's, an, I just know that he's another person. He's another Wisconsinite. He'd it, give you the time of day. Yeah, he it's would. cool. I get what you're saying. It's really cool. Absolutely. And to kind of build off of that, these other teams and franchises, these other locations. And I'm not going to badmouth any city or anything like that. That's not what this is. But just to go to show you how Milwaukee is just a little bit different mm-hmm. is that you get, where did Alex Verdugo get a ball thrown at him? Was that, I don't think it was Boston. I want to say maybe L.A. So, somewhere like that where yeah. Alex Verdugo got a ball thrown at him. I want to say almost Baltimore. I don't know off the top of my head. I don't know. But that's just a case where you're throwing a ball. At a player while he's on the field. And that's what I mean. Come on now. Like, I would never, no matter if he was an opposing player or what, <laughs> you know that he's a person and that and, it, that's just, that's not right. You know, I, Milwaukee's not perfect either. It's no, not, you know, no. it's not no saint compared to I'm not to saying that. 
But it's just another one of those factors that plays into this argument that Milwaukee has a di- different atmosphere between its fans and its players on that community front. Every every fan base has their... Hey, little the, niches the, the, and nuances. Yeah, sure. the fans that just don't represent the, the crowd as well. And it, it's too bad that a few bad apples have to ruin it for everybody. But yes. that, that is the case for almost... It is the case for every organization. So, it, yeah. I'm not saying that Milwaukee is way... Head and toes above like other that. other organizations and, and fan bases in terms of culture, but just from an inside perspective, I'm happy to be a part of it. And as we move this, you know, we shift this conversation to a close. And this is certainly something that I look forward to discussing in the future, especially on the Brewers front. Now that they're in this going down the stretch, looking towards playoff time, only a couple wins away. I think numbers 12, 13, 11, maybe wins away from clinching the NL Central. I think it's important to note. Once again, just how much of a community feel it has started to birth now that there are teams winning in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. The last 50 years have not been good to Milwaukee sports. Nope. They have not been profitable to Milwaukee. They've not been victorious to Milwaukee. It's been a very it's been very much a struggle besides that portion in maybe the early 80s, especially 82, 83. For the Milwaukee Brewers back when there was Robin Yell and Paul Molitor, you know, guys like that. And they went to that World Series and lost to the Cardinals back in 82. Besides that portion, there has not been winning sports in Milwaukee. I mean, just flat out. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see that trend change. And I think it's in large part because of the fans. Large part because of the ownership. I mean, they've come in and done an amazing job. I mean, you look at the owners now in Milwaukee for the Bucks. You look at... David Stearns, who comes in and replaces... How old was Doug Melvin when he got replaced? 115, maybe? 117? <laughs> 14. I don't mean to get all rude towards Doug, <laughs> Doug Melvin, but he caused a lot of heartache with me watching Brewers baseball. So they get these young guns coming in, changing the energy. And I mentioned on the Tony G Show, I think it was season two back when we were still in SNC Radio. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that I had just gone to a Bucks game and they're completely changing the energy. They got mm-hmm. a new DJ in there. When they win, they throw out the confetti fetty, and it's like a party on the court. Right. The energy is changing in Milwaukee. And yeah. that's what these this youth has done. This youthful ownership and management groups come into Milwaukee and change that. And you see that a lot around certain leagues, but Milwaukee seems to have something cooking well, with the way they're trying to do it. It's just it's really rewarding to have a superstar that doesn't act like it. You you see the the Bucks championship doesn't let it get to his head. Yeah, you see the Bucks championship ceremony. He's not even like I was like looking for him. I couldn't even find him when they were handing out the trophy. It's just it's it's awesome to have superstars that are not full of themselves. Well, and it just goes to show you that. Here's another example. Before I you know and I'm bouncing all around here now, but just after they won the championship, Giannis is carrying around his child yeah. in public, right? You know, safely, of course, with the COVID-19 right, right. or whatever. He's doing it in a safe way. But he's carrying it around in public. And, you know, he's getting, he's out there getting food. I, I think I saw that on Twitter. Someone was working at a stand and put it on social media that mm-hmm. this is Giannis Antetokounmpo buying a corn dog for me. Or was whatever it, like the it was. Fair? Is it the state fair? I, it might have been. Yeah. It might have been something like that where there was a public gathering and his child with him. And it was like, this guy is just part of the community. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. I remember a few years back. We'll never end up this segment, but that's okay. We got all the time in the world. <laughs> a few years back, Nori Aoki came from overseas to play baseball here. Norichika Aoki. And he wanted, he was you know, in the middle of, he was having a good season. Brewers, of course, weren't having a good season. I think it was like 2012, 13, 14, maybe. And there was talk about Nori getting traded. And he did eventually get traded. But at the time of this 
story. He re-signed for maybe a year, maybe two more years on his contract to stay in Milwaukee. He said he wanted to have his child in Milwaukee. Yeah. I mean, what else do you need right. to, to cement this argument? Guy comes from overseas, finds a new home in Milwaukee, gets mm-hmm. traded and all this stuff. There's talk about him going to these bigger, better markets in right. terms of money, in terms of maybe even fame and talent or whatever. But he finds Milwaukee, loves it, makes it the home and the birth, birthplace of his child. Yeah. So It's awesome. It is awesome. The, you know, it, it, let's wrap this segment up by saying this. The last 50 years haven't been good to Milwaukee sports. But maybe this is signs that the next 50 are going to be that much better. We'll see how the Brewers end up this season. Again, phenomenal run by the Milwaukee Bucks to win their first championship in 50 years. Congratulations to them. Ready to move on, Will? Well, I'm ready. Okay. I mean, I could talk about the Milwaukee sports forever, but... Sure. On the Will McCormick show, you can. Yeah, that's true. Sure. Also, Will, uh, before we move on... Kind of an inside joke between me and Will here we talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, pre-show. What is the... Uh, uh, um, Will McCormick, why is the number seven the most feared number? Oh, this is interesting. I don't think it's feared at all. Oh, boy. I need... Okay. I don't this, think Will McCormick... No. The number seven is my lucky number. I've worn that in sports forever. Okay. So maybe it's because like there is a, a soccer player named Will McCormick that just dominated the wearing number seven in high number, school. Will. Seven, eight, nine. You finally got it. I've been throwing that past you for two hours. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been throwing that past you. I just got, I had the realization. I thought that was a deep philosophical question. No. No, it was just a a childhood joke. Because seven, eight, nine. I quit. (laughs) I thought you were actually asking me. I I, I thought about it for 10 minutes. I was like, why is seven the most? hmm." I indeed was not. I was thinking like maybe Ronaldo. Nope. You're fired. Oh boy. Let's shift the conversation. Again, we're going to talk football on Thursday, so so that's when we're going to talk NFL and stuff like that. Tony G Picks of the Week coming up on Thursday. But today, right now, second segment of the Tony G Show, Episode 1, Season 7. I want to discuss Major League Baseball to this point as a whole because it's been a very interesting year. A lot of teams who many people wouldn't think would contend are contending. I know for one, I expected the Brewers to end this season about 10 games under 500. Yeah, I expected them to be about... 500 so i was expecting a really bad year for the milwaukee brewers and like i said in segment one they're one of the better teams in baseball they're 84 and 55 record today they play at 640 today later tonight after the tony g show releases so right now they stand at 84 and 55 which is currently third best in the national league behind the 88 and 50 new york giants or not new york giants this is baseball san francisco giants who they just took three or four against and the 87-51 and 51 Los Angeles Dodgers, who they took three or four against back in April. Okay. So they're one of the better teams. A team that no one really expected to compete is now mm-hmm. competing. The team behind them, now in the mix for a wild card uh, spot, is the Cincinnati Reds at 73-66. and 66. A team that not many people expected to contend, but here they are in the middle of contention. Speaking of teams that no one thought could contend, a team I just mentioned, the San Francisco Giants, had one of the worst records in baseball last year. They're coming off of a year when their longtime manager, Bruce Bochy, stepped away, retired, called it a career, found completely new management, got Gabe Kapler in. San Francisco got a little more talent, added a piece here or there, and now all of a sudden they have one of the best teams in baseball, the best record in all of Major League Baseball, most wins at 88. 
as we sit today. Another one of those teams that contend. And that's one of the more passionate fan bases and markets. San Francisco Giants sell out whether they're winning or losing in their stadiums. They're one of the best-run organizations in terms of fan interaction and in terms of success as well. Not to mention they just came off of a dynasty where they won in 2010, 2012, and 2014. Won World Series rings, won three out of five years. Another team that no one expected to do good that are really starting to run away with things are the Mariners, 75 and 63. And I I should correct myself. They're not running away with anything. They're second in the AL West, but still contending for a wild card spot. Not to mention the Rays are still up there along with the Yankees and Red Sox. Rays have an eight and a half game lead in the AL East at 87-51. They were a team that lost the World Series last year. They look like they're hell-bent on contending again. Mm -hmm. So regardless of... All of this noise, teams are starting to contend right when no one thought they would. Let me ask you, Tony, who are you most surprised by? What's your underdog you see coming out, maybe making a playoff push? Interesting. It's an interesting yeah. question. Two separate questions there, by the mm-hmm. I think the team that surprised me the most are definitely the Milwaukee Brewers. And I'm not just saying that because I'm mm-hmm. a Milwaukee-based media personnel, uncredentialed. I don't want to you know, make it seem right. like I'm in the locker room every night, but... <laughs> I'm someone who conducts this show out of a Wisconsin market. Mm-hmm. And the Milwaukee Brewers, I, I said it just a second ago. I thought that they were going to be abysmal this year. I didn't like their starting rotation. I didn't expect Freddie Peralta to have the year he did. I knew Brandon Woodruff would be good, but not this good. I knew Corbin Birds would kind of have a bounce back season from the, the last couple of seasons, but I didn't know he'd be this good. Right. I knew that there was talent with Devin Williams and Josh Hader out of their bullpen, but I thought everywhere else sucked. Well, and if you probably go back to the last time we talked about the Brewers in season six, I'm, from what I recall, we were not talking good about them. No, I I, so, I led that charge. I'll I'll admit when I'm wrong, and I oh, was wrong there. I mean, it's, I love being wrong in that respect. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'll be wrong I'll all be, day. I'll be wrong every time. I'll do it next season too. <laughs> but the but, point is that yeah. that is the team that surprised me the most. 84 and 50, 30 games over 500 before they lost yesterday. 30 games. They did it twice this season before you know losing it's a great. couple games and having that fluctuate around. 30 games over 500. Did not expect And that. they've had their fair share of adversity. I mean, having Yelich out for most of the season. Well, see, and I was thinking about that when I was at the Brewer game again, why my voice is a little weak today because I was screaming my head off when Daniel Vogelbach hit the walk-off grand slam. They've done it with Christian Yelich being on the injured list, COVID list. Willie Adamas is injured back on the IL. Colton Wong has been injured. He just came back from the paternity list after having his son. Um, Daniel Vogelbach, who just hit that walk-off grand slam, just missed about two, three months on the injured right. list. Manny Pena's been injured. Their catcher, backup catcher. They haven't Lorenzo Cain's been injured. I mean, they've had injuries right. all up and down. Freddie Peralta's on the IL. They really haven't had like a solid stretch, at least from my memory. I'm sure they've had a few games with full starting squad, but it seems like they've always had something. Yeah. Kind Lingering of like... Lingering or missing. Yeah. So maybe they're just saving all the health for down the stretch here, September into October, maybe even the first part of November in a World Series run. We'll see. Better we'll knock see on wood. That. Yes, hey, knock on wood. I got wood all over the place here in Tony G Studios. Next portion of that question that Will McCormick asked me. The team that I think could play a surprise in potentially making a playoff run. I'm going to go with the American League. And I don't think people are giving enough talk to the Seattle Mariners. But I don't want to make that argument right now. I don't think enough people are talking about the White Sox. 
Granted, they are 10 games up in their division, 79 and 58. But it's the AL Central. There's not a lot of talent. But still, you can't discount now that they got Eloy Jimenez back, who spent the first three, four months of the season on the injured list. Now that they have uh, guys in their starting rotation and out of their bullpen that are starting to really come together. This is a team that also I expected to do a lot worse now that Tony LaRusso. Remember when I was ripping on him yeah, back in yeah. season six? Yep. I, I forget that joke I said, but it was pretty funny. Now that they had that old head Tony LaRusso back here, back in there, who uh, I think invented toothpaste, Tony LaRusso. Back, I think it was, what was it, 18, 1870 or something like that? I don't know. But either the point is, he's old. Yeah. Didn't expect him to do this good. Even though the division isn't as strong as everywhere else, and even though some of their main guys, the Luis Robert, haven't been the most lights out. Yasmani Grandal was batting under 200 for the better part of the season before he went on the I.L. and came back, started tearing the league up. I don't think, I don't think you can discount the White Sox and no. their talent, especially with their experienced manager now. Well, it seems like they've been playing this is under. A team that's dangerous. Yeah, they've been like playing under their their Standard. floor. You know, like under their should be what their base ability is. I feel like they've been. Just kind of maybe at the floor, Just if not a above. Tab low average, and it's you're you're right. They have the ability, the athletic ability, to just play crazy, crazy baseball. Yeah. So that that's a good that's a good shout. I, I think the yeah the White Sox are definitely a team to watch out for. I agree. Now, how about individual standings? Will you ready for this discussion? Are you? Oh yeah, I'm ready. Okay, you never give me a response. I, ask you, you're ready for I just tune you out during the show. I, <laughs> I'm starting to think you do. <laughs> I'm starting to think you do. <clears throat> but the point here that I want to make is how about some of the seasons that we're seeing from one particular Shohei Otani? Unbelievable this yeah. guy is. Yeah. This guy is unimaginably good at baseball. The athletic ability of this 27-year-old is off the charts. Mm-hmm. Completely nuts, Will. You think it's a... a- a talent thing and not a situational thing. It's long term for him. Yes, yes, he's finally healthy. You go on the record saying that. Yes. Okay. I don't think anybody that. can disagree with me. No, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. No, I'm just I'm curious. Not you are, yeah, but no. I'm. I don't. I'm not threatened by throwing that out there because right. he's finally healthy. Mm-hmm. He's doing it on both sides. Okay. Here's the thing. Well, this is a guy. Let me find his stats. It's hard because there's two stats. Pitching and batting. Will McCormick, this is a guy who's leading the major leagues in home runs at 43. 93 runs batted in. A batting average of 255. Kind of middle of the pack, a little below the pack, but still very good. He's also a pitcher, so they got to... Well, not to mention that he stole 23 bases. He's fast as well. But, well, on this pitching side of things, 9-1 and one and a sub-3 earned run average. Yeah. Is this like is this the future of baseball? Is this the way you see pitchers becoming? 135 like strikeouts, 112 innings. No, this is. I don't see this. This, and maybe that's a good omen to the point I'm trying to make is that this is a one of a kind talent. One of a kind. You won't see something like the last person that we saw do this. Uh, hmm, I think it was managed by Tony Larusa. <laughs> <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. I think the general manager of this team was Doug Melvin. Um, back 100 years ago. Uh, I think it was, uh, what's his name? Babe Ruth was the last time we saw this. And this was when guys were throwing straight fastballs. Mm-hmm. At what, maybe 80 miles an hour? With their big old goofy wind-ups over maybe. their head. And, uh, big old mitts, like gigantic. Yeah. 
Well, mitts that look like a glove. Like yeah. A legitimate like mitt. Like a baggy mitt. pants. Yeah. Yep. They're Probably. hats that look like it was just like a mm-hmm. like towel. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, cotton. All these big cotton jerseys. A Point long time is, ago. A long time ago. And Shohei Otani's doing this when guys are throwing 86, 87 miles an hour. When guys are throwing cutters, sinkers, curveballs, sliders. Change-ups that move all over the freaking place. Shohei Otani's come in and been like, yeah, whatever. And not to mention, then he flips around a few days later, five days apart, and does it on the mound. Mm-hmm. Huh? Pretty crazy. What? Unbelievable. The, the, and it's all been the splitter. It's been this fat guy. He throws 96 miles an hour. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? Yeah, so you think this is like a once-in-a-lifetime type of player, not, not, not an evolution of the position. It definitely is. And I think it's finally getting to the point. Now Mike Trout's been injured. Uh, Albert Pujols didn't produce at the level they wanted, so they released him. So there's been some pieces that they still need to kind of smooth out in order to make a championship run. But the Angels are starting to do things the right way. They got Joe Madden at the helm as the manager, a guy who's been able to come in, manage the workload of a Shohei Otani, keep him healthy, keep him safe. And keep him producing at the level that he needs to be producing for the Los Angeles Angels. So I think there's some things that still need to be ironed out. They still could use some pitching. Could always use pitching. Oh, yeah. Well, but <clears throat> especially all- for this team, it's something that they need to really iron Yeah, out. you can always improve the, the, the bullpen. That's never something to, to be content on. Yeah, but the thing that I'm trying to make here with Los Angeles is that it's more than just a, well, we need to improve. Yeah, you kind of need to improve like now. Don't waste this Shohei Otani guy that you got working for you. I'm pretty sure, I'm just remembering this now, pretty sure I made a bet with my roommate that the Angels would not compete in the World Series. So I'd be really mad. I don't think they're that good yet. Is this our friend yet. Matthew Weaver? It is. Okay. He's a big Mike, Mike Trout guy. Yep. I think I bet like my tuition, jokingly, obviously. But I bet something like, I must have been like 100 bucks. I was like, there's no way... The Angels make the World Series in the next like five years or something. And I would have been on your side with that. Bet. Yeah. So now I'm getting a little worried. Sorry, Weave, but... <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. You still got some time. Well, he's also got time. I, th- I think we did like a five-year bet or something. <laughs> I'm going to have to find the video. <laughs> yeah, I'll talk to you in five years when they yeah. yeah. Set a reminder in Google Calendar. There you go. Five years from now. Yep. You're a big user of that Google Calendar. It's great. All right, well, we are kind of running short on time. We're not going to wrap up the Tony G Show just yet, but I want to close out this segment, make a quick prediction. I say World Series. I think the Tampa Bay Rays will make it mm-hmm. out of the AL East. I think they're going to be the American League, once again for the second consecutive year, the American League representative in the World Series. And again, I'm in a Wisconsin market. So I don't want to get too carried away here. I don't want people to put less weight on this opinion. It's still an unbiased opinion Mm -hmm. that I think the Milwaukee Brewers have what it takes to make a World Series. I think it's going to be a Dodgers-Brewers showdown. I think Giants-Brewers. Giants-Brewers. See, but here's here's why I say that. Because the Brewers have, like I mentioned on a couple occasions, they've taken three or four out of both of these clubs earlier this year. Now granted, one was in April. One was just a couple weeks ago in August. But... You know, regular season is a little different atmosphere-wise. But it still carries some weight what the Milwaukee Brewers are doing. This is a team that has 34 comeback victories, Will. Yeah. 34. Well, I'm not discounting them. I just I have a feeling I know that the playoff Dodgers 
much different team than regular season Dodgers. That's after, and without would, a doubt. After after last year, you'd definitely be able to say that. Winning the World Series. So if I had to choose between Dodgers or Giants, I'm, I would rather play the, the Brewers play the Giants. But okay. realistically I thinking, it's probably going to be the Dodgers in the World Series. I mean, they go out and they trade for Max Scherzer. Come on. So it's like really with the big market stuff and Trey Turner, you just throw in cause he's there. I mean, it's like, whatever. It's really, they're going to be a Goliath stuff. to take down, but it, it, Hey, it's been done three or four. That's a series. Yep. So we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. If there was more time, I would discuss um, major league baseball. Some teams who I expected to compete, especially out of the NL East, the Mets and stuff like I, back in April or May season six of the Tony G show, I said, the NL East is going to be the division to beat. No. <laughs> Couldn't have been we were wrong race. again. <laughs> yes, we were. We're wrong quite a few times. I'm probably about 80% of the time we're wrong. But hey, the 20%, it's pretty great. We're spot on. We're spot on. You know, 20% of the time we're right every time. You're throwing out too many numbers. You got to stop that. Just too many. <laughs> I didn't know what I'm supposed to say to that. <laughs> Let's switch to uh, end up the Tony G show. Let's wrap up episode one of season seven here, talking about St. Norbert College Athletics. Well, and this is something that we plan on putting together mm-hmm. a series of interviews. Athletes, I think, would be down to do it. We have a couple names down that would be like, yeah, I want to do it. I want to do it. We've gotten a couple confirmations just verbally. But uh, from all from a few different sports, so I can't wait to put this together with you, Will. I look forward to this season and uh, especially the Tony G Show interview series that we're going to put together this year. Athletics getting kicked off. The this is the the date of this episode again, September seventh. This is the second week of the academic year mm-hmm. for Saint Norbert College. So sports have just kind of begun for this fall semester. We haven't had sports in two years here. I mean, since our sophomore year, last year was totally yes gone so it's good it's good to have this back yes besides that baseball or uh, baseball besides the fall the right spring when they had that season but they all they had a weird one yeah it was a weird kind of season only in conference stuff like that football got things kicked off just last saturday me and our friend who we mentioned matthew weaver were on the call Uh, matt and i had a good call felt right at home Back in the booth calling a football game hosted loris college the green knights did 121 to 14 interesting game this one was will no score in the first quarter. First score of the game came late in the second quarter. I'm talking about like two, three minutes left to go in the second quarter. Ben Cole, 28-yard rushing touchdown. Faked everybody out to the right. The entire defense shifted to the right side of the field, and Ben Cole took it to the left side in the end zone. Touchdown. <laughs> 7-0 Green Knights at halftime. <clears throat> Matthew Weaver and I had our halftime meal in the press box. Prep for the second half. Prep, prep for the second half. Did our halftime show. Said hi to Tim DeRozier, public address announcer for the football stadium, play-by-play for the hockey team. Said hi to him. Said hi to Dan Lucas. Said hi to Camp Fuller. Normal stuff. No, yeah, normal stuff. Yeah, just name-dropping all these famous St. Norbert people, whatever. So Matthew Weaver and I get back in the booth. Players come back onto the field. Second half. Loris College scores. 7-7. Loris College scores. 14-7. <laughs> but then after it's 14-7, Green Knights down. Joe Young, 96-yard touchdown return. Kickoff return for a touchdown. A little momentum switch right there. A little momentum switch, 14-14. 
Ben Cole, second rushing touchdown of the game, 21-14. That's how we leave things. A couple big interceptions. Joe Young interception. There was a couple turnovers on each side. Green Knights got the win over Loris, 21-14. They're now 1-0. They head to UW Stout this Saturday. And then they head to Lakeland on Saturday, September 25th. Don't return home until October 2nd and the 9th when they host Benedictine and Wisconsin Lutheran College. The interesting note about the football team is that they are now on a 13-game win streak at home. Mm. They've won their last 12. Their last loss was the first home game of the 2017 season where they lost to Benedictine, who wow. is their next home game, again, October 2nd. Interesting. It is interesting. They have won 13 consecutive games since then. The rest streak. of the games in that 2017 season, all of them in 2018, all of them in 2019, there weren't any in 2020, and then won their first one again in 2021. Interesting stuff. Give a shout-out to all the fall teams that are going to have a season, the men's and women's cross-country, women's golf. Shout-out to Luca, our, our yeah. friend Luca. Uh, having a great start to her fall campaign, women's golf. Uh, men's and women's soccer, women's tennis, and then women's volleyball. Will, your boy, is the mm. new public address announcer for the women's Let's volleyball go. team. You liking it so far? I am. We had one exhibition where they went four sets on the Monday that school started, August 30th. You retired from it? Yeah. <laughs> they retired <laughs> I couldn't. They I couldn't. came to me and they were like, shh, shh. No. It went good. I <clears throat> learned a lot about how they wanted things done. And their next game, games uh, are going to be just this Wednesday, tomorrow. September 8th, they host UW Oshkosh and UW Stevens Point. Doubleheader. 545, 745. Come out to the Mobile Family Fitness Center and watch uh, the Green Knight Volleyball. It's good to have sports going on around campus again. It's so good. Well, I was talking. Who was I talking with? I forget. I think it was on Saturday at the football game. I was talking with someone. I remember the where, exactly where I was when I got the email that St. Norbert College Athletics had been canceled for the fall season mm-hmm. in 2020. I was working on a playground for my summer job. I built playgrounds, Green Bay Area Public Schools. I was on a playground right under the tree, checked my phone, got the email, and it hurt. You know, I don't want to make it a conceited discussion here that, oh, it hurt me because I, you know, I won't get to announce. It hurt the players, of course, because this is their season. This is Some of them, this is the reason that they came to St. Norbert College. And even around the conference, this is one of the reasons that some of these people went to the colleges they did. This is a huge part of their life, so you feel for them, of course, but... Mm-hmm. I remember where I was because I was like, what are you going to do without sports right. on campus? I mean, it's just a weird... That's just, not college. That's not a college atmosphere no, it, to it not adds, have sports. It adds another dynamic aspect to being a young adult. It's just a whole different energy. In a, in yeah. A, yeah, collegiate environment. Exactly. So it's good to... You're right. It's very good to have that back in action. I'm glad we're, we're back rolling. Yes, sir. I can't wait. I can't wait till we put together some interviews and have a Tony G show. Yeah, I'm excited series. for it. It'll be fun. Let's have a good one. That'll do it, huh? Yeah. Episode, first episode one in the books. Feels good, man. Does feel good. Good to be back. Well, mm-hmm. good to have you back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you're still. Is your contract not up yet? I didn't sign a contract this year. Wow, I'm just really? Gonna get up and leave in the middle of an episode. I gotta have my agent look at that. I know. Can we get somebody on agent? that, please? Here in Tony G Studios. I'm talking to all the researchers <laughs> over here. I to love the, what you guys did with the place this year. It's just real empty, nice. Yeah, the Tony G Studios. Some, some nice uh, scoreboards behind you. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. Memorabilia all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, some like really big posters. Yes. It's great. Uh, one giant One big poster, poster one in particular. Poster. That's it. Yes. And we're in a kitchen. Uh, 
giving our secrets away. <laughs> to Tony G. Studio. I, I thought about that when I mentioned the, the magnet that I had in Tony G. Studio. Oh, you can have a magnet on anything metal in the <laughs> studio. Yeah, the magnet's just stuck to the wall. No, it's the refrigerator to the kitchen. Yeah. We're on the kitchen my counter. college apartment. <laughs> huge, huge shout out to uh, my roommate, former SNC baseball player, uh, Christian Jack, for being so flexible. He's at work. He, yeah. He has no idea. He doesn't, this is doesn't even know what's happening. No. I don't think any of our audience knows what's going on because it's just a Tony <laughs> G show. Whatever. It's good to be back. Tony G Studios back in full swing. That's Will McCormick. I'm Tony G. This is Troy Frisk. To send us out of here, we'll see you on Thursday for Tony G's Picks of the Week. Thanks for listening to The Tony G Show. Support the show on social media on Twitter and Instagram. Also, make sure to subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.